Hello, 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 everybody. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. We are the preeminent show, the preeminent podcast talking about and spotlighting people of color in the gaming industry. I'm rocking with my man, my metal, the smooth kind of fellow, the Baron of Bricago, the Baron of Bourbon. It is that man, Cicero Holmes. How are you doing, sir? I am doing very, very well. Uh, it is premium bourbon. It's a premium bourbon night. It's yes, a premium sir. bourbon night? That's it's right, like, sir. Is that, is, was that like oak, oak barrels? Is that, uh, is that like... These are vibranium barrels. Get out. Yes. Get out. Get out of get out of the room. Yes. Get out of the room. My I'm man, glad my you mellow, said the smooth it. kind of fellow. The man who makes science look good. The man who makes STEM look good. The man who makes mini froze look good. And the man who makes tutoring look good is that man, Sharif Jackson of Sharifjackson.com. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Very good. Um really, really it's like funny because we're we're, you know, obviously about to have our video game show, but all I've been thinking about and writing today is it's either been me writing Dungeons and Dragons stuff uh-huh. or rewatching the end game trailer over and over. That's like been my day. Oh, like that so is my good. day. <laughs> That's my day for sure. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, if there are <laughs> things that you wanted to do specifically that were going to involve superheroes and end games and snaps, it would be all of the Avengers trailer. Did you did you enjoy it? Was it was it everything that you wanted and more? I'm on the hype train. I mean, I've been on the hype train for a while, but just seeing everybody with their new nice outfits and uh, yeah, I mean, there's I mean, they don't need to sell me. Like I don't need to see right. any more trailers. You know, like like I'm in. But after just coming, you know, you know, I'm still hyped on Captain Marvel. I'm probably going to see it again. Um, you know, just go. I'm 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 hyped. Yeah, ready. Yeah, I'm doing uh, it. Uh, shout out, shout out to the uh, Laser Time podcast. It just actually, I just left them talking about Captain Marvel. So uh, shout out to those guys, former oh, nice. uh, former Games Radar guys. So uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, congrats, yeah, congrats, thanks. congrats. Thanks. Well, thank everybody for coming and hanging out this week. We have one of the dopest folks on the planet. One of the people who I have been feeding to get on the show since I was like, let me see watching and listening to weekend confirmed before we even had a show and then it was like games GameStop tv and then it was like what's good games it is andrew renee how are you doing how's everything going what's good gentlemen <laughs> what is the deal how are you doing i am doing excellent i've been having a fantastic day you know sometimes when you just wake up and you're just feeling it and you're yeah. feeling yourself and you're feeling good about everything and you're like, you know what? Today is a good day. Yeah. I rock that's with that. Been my, that's been my that. day today and it's been, a, it's been a good one. Um, we recorded the Kind of Funny Games cast earlier today. Um, I worked out for exactly 15 minutes today. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing that I told myself. I go, you know what? It's better that I'm on this bicycle for 15 minutes than zero minutes. That so is So you know what? There you go. It's reasonable. I got it's it reasonable. done. I got it done. And we have been talking about recording together for so long. I'm glad that we're finally making it happen here tonight on Spawn on Me. Word, word, word. It has been a long time coming, and I'm super excited that you were here. We have shared many, many a conference stroll. Uh, going and hanging out in multiple conferences at this point, hanging out. Uh, thank you for having me on the show as well uh, over at GDC. I think it was last year. It seems like everything is moving in the same kind of 
uh, same kind of spaces uh, of late. It seems like we're moving really quickly past conference season from the old days now into the new days of 2019. Um, how are things kind of looking in terms of, you know, conference schedules for you and, and kind of looking at 2019 and the rest of the What's Good crew? Well, I mean, 2019 is looking pretty jam-packed. And I was going to say, since it's so early in the year, but time has flown so quickly. It's already March. We're rapidly approaching the end of Q1, which is wild to think about. But, you know, we're really pumped for the Game Developers Conference. I'm bummed that you're going to be gone, but I'm so happy that you're taking a much-needed vacation. And I think you're going to have a fantastic time. But we would have loved to have you. So instead, we have the substitute, Megan Scavio, Madam President of the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. (laughs) She'll do as a substitute for Khalif. Um, So we're excited to have her on the show next week. And then we'll, of course, be representing on the East Coast. Love going to PAX East in Boston every year and really pumped that we're doing a panel there. We're having a meet and greet and really excited to announce that I'm hosting on the main stage for PAX East for the Squanch Games panel with Justin Roiland. That's going to be really fun. That's happening on Thursday, March 28th at 4.30 and the What's Good Games live panel is just after that at 6.30. So if you're in Boston at PAX, please come by to both of those. It's going to be a really fun time. And then it's just going to roll right into it. I'm going to be appearing, once again, at Games Beat Summit in Los Angeles in April. And then we've got, you know, Game Critics Awards Judges Week in May. And then, bam, E3 is here. <laughs> it's just wow. not, dude, it's nonstop, I swear. It just keeps it going. Flying. It's flying. I mean, people are already talking about E3, and I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the conversation. How are you not ready? not ready? I just got my media badge approval. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm down. I'm just like the idea of doing the haul again. I mean, it's the, it's the deal, right? It's like, it's the beautiful part about rocking and doing those kinds of shows. It's like you get to run around and, and see all that stuff. But the amount of work that goes into it is daunting. Just thinking about when you start the first part of the process. So yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I know how that rolls. Um, What's up with the rest of the crew? I'm I'm sad that we couldn't get them all on tonight because it is uh, a part of the trouble with the internet working the way it does, because it takes a lot of bandwidth, <laughs> takes a lot of things to make it happen. Um, how's the rest of the crew doing? How have they been uh, dealing with the beginning of 2019 and the glut of all the games that you've seen kind of coming down the pipe already? Well, and you know, Brittany, she is in hog heaven. So she had been waiting for Resident Evil 2 remake since it was announced. She, I swear to God, like peed herself at E3 last year when we were sitting at the Sony press conference. The gif heard around the world uh, of her, like, you know, cheering in anticipation of Resident Evil 2 remake. And of course, Capcom knocked it out of the park with that really fantastic work with that Mm -hmm. remake. And then, of course, they followed that up in the same engine and same RE engine with Devil May Cry 5, another fantastic piece of game making right there. And then we had Kingdom Hearts come out. You know, she's just pumped. She's having a great year so far. And and Steimer, of course, is being the responsible one, has a day job. So she's not playing as many games because she's rightly so taking some much needed downtime but what I love about what Steimer brings to What's Good Games is that she plays a a certain genre and a niche of games that I generally don't even look at a bunch of games Mm. that I'm like nah it's not really my thing and she's like OMG I love this game like a Stardew Valley (laughs) like I would never play a Stardew Valley or like um, Dream Daddy like dating sims like I'll 
I dabbled in monster prom, thought it was really cute and really fun and just generally not my thing. And I think that's what's really unique and wonderful about What's Good Games is that we all bring a very diverse background in gaming to the table. And so our interests really align with a whole bunch of different gamers. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, I think one thing that's like really great about that, that like, I really love listening to your show and supporting your work oh, thank is... You. You guys are very, like, I feel, like, respectful about opinions that are different. Like, I never feel like that, that like, you guys are like, you know, um, you shouldn't like this, or I don't like this, meaning this is bad for everyone. You know, um, I listened to when uh, when uh, you guys were, like, talking about, like, the, uh, like the uh, VR, like, Labo. Oh that, that, yes, Nintendo's that, new that, Labo. That, yeah, mm-hmm. and like and like you know, you, you guys were having a really great conversation, even though it it was a it was a clear like, hey, I'm not sticking a piece of cardboard to my face, <laughs> um, you know. Um, but 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 yeah, I I I think it's a really good. Um, I, I think it's props to y'all for like you know having conversations about games and like a and like a systems that even though it's not your cup of tea. I never feel like it's like this judgment on people that might like it. You know, I, I think it's really good. Well, we find that so important because we all come from different walks of life and appreciate different types of things. And when it comes to playing art, which video games clearly are, it's always going to be subjective, like any other kind of entertainment form of media, whether it be movies, TV, music, what have you, we all have our likes and dislikes. And at What's Good Games, we like to celebrate the passion that drives us together instead of what pulls us apart. And just because I like chocolate chip cookies and you like oatmeal (laughs) raisin cookies doesn't mean I don't like you as a person or think you're a bad person. It just means we fundamentally disagree. And that's okay. We can disagree (laughs) on what is the superior cookie. (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm, I don't know about this. I think I think that's fake news. I think that yeah. the cookie situation is still up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't can't be smirched the healthy cookies. Um, Andrea, what what was the thing? Uh, what was the game or the moment in games where you where where the light bulb clicked and you said? This is my jam. Like I, this is this is a, a, a medium that I'm going to be involved with for for the rest of my life. Not even professionally, but just personally. Oh, that's such a tough question because I think my my attachment to games has changed very much over the course of my life. I think about when sure. I first started playing games when I was a kid, and then like throughout middle school when I really became uh, enamored with them. Uh, back then, like a couple games that really stood out to me as games that left an impression that I spent a ton of time with. Um, arcade Racers used to be a really big thing yeah. for me, so like Cruising USA was one of my sure. all-time yes. faves. Yes. Loved awesome. that, loved F-Zero, just loved Mario Kart, loved racing games of all types. Did you types. play race driving or hard driving i don't think so oh man those were great they were like polygonal 3d games when that was like a thing and they they had this whole cabinet and it was a force feedback steering wheel yeah. on a stunt track and stuff like that it's okay awesome. atari yeah check it out yeah so I'll, I'll have to look it up but i mean yeah. i think about games back then it's much different than when i was playing games in my 20s so i took a break from playing games when i was in college because i was i just didn't have time between right. internships and going to work and and you know going to school and then when i graduated and i moved to los angeles to pursue entertainment news i had 
time during the day between going to work and going to auditions where I really rekindled that that love of, of games and the rhythm and music genre is really what brought me back games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band really sure. have an impact on me and have had a long lasting impact I mean I met my husband through Rock Band you know it's <laughs> it's um it's crazy to think about how impactful a video game can be on the course of your entire life and sometimes we don't stop Absolutely. to think about that magnitude yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, um, um, some friends of mine um, ostensibly met through Rock Band, uh, and I'm officiating their wedding. Uh, in, in you know That's later so on this year, I'm not nervous about it at all. Uh, you don't sound all. nervous at all. I think you're <laughs> right. going to crush yeah. it. You're going to be great. <laughs> right. Everything will be fine. Listen, um, you host a podcast. Yeah, it, <laughs> you, you can officiate a wedding. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You're talking Absolutely. to microphones it's, all the time. All the time, right? Yeah, you know, it, it totally carries over. Um, yeah, it 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 is uh, the thing that like, you know, everyone has this this language, um, and video games have become part of that. You know, part of the lexicon, part of the pop culture language, and and uh, you know, as you said, rhythm games was a thing that kept my circle of friends together. Um, you know, ten ten years ago, or so it, it just. Being able to say, oh, let's have a party and play rock band. And you could just do that for six hours. Oh, oh my gosh. It was, it was I had some epic play sessions back in the day. So much fun. I just remember playing for hours and hours and hours on end. And, you know, when you would just like mess up a couple of bars, you'd have to quit and start over, quit, start yeah. over. Like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. 100% this song. <laughs> I had so much pride in my rock band and Guitar Hero scores. It was um, it, it was an era that I look back on super fondly. But right. what's interesting is that I don't feel a drive or a pull to play those games anymore. And I don't know if it's just because maybe I played so many like thousands of hours of them that I've like, I've like closed that chapter and then moved on. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay that I've now put that in the past. Yeah. I, I love that you um, brought that up because I think one common thing that I hear from people, you know, in, in my, you know, like, like late thirties, early forties age group is that, man, like, like a gaming, like it used to be so great, you know, back in the <laughs> NES days and the SNES days. And I'm like, yes, I do have nost like nostalgia and, you know, some of my favorite games of all time are from those eras, but I feel like now gaming is in such an amazing, amazing place. Right. Like just going around with my switch and just, you know, playing, you know, console games on the go, playing Tetris 99 in a coffee shop hooked up to like the Wi-Fi, you know, and like, uh, you know, like, uh, having things like, you know, game pass and, you know, from um, on my, on my PC and stuff. Like, I feel like, I feel like gaming now is in a, is in a really good place. And even though I do have that nostalgia, um, I don't know. I feel like gaming now is like better. Like I feel like it's it's just been getting better, and it's don't sometimes don't feel hard. like it. Own it, know yeah. it. It is better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like hard to. I think because like we like always try to like kind of like romanticize the older stuff and have like uh, rose colored glasses when like we forget how many awful NES games there were. <laughs> like there were a lot of awful, awful, awful games because they just would publish 
you know, a lot of different stuff. But And I think that there's two sides to that. I think there's nothing wrong with looking back in fondness of where the medium came from and the path that were paved to get to where we are today and the innovation that had to come before what was possible. But at the same time, there was a lot of really negative things that were surrounding the gaming community back then. It was very exclusive in a lot of ways. And that's what I really am appreciative about with gaming today is that anybody can be a gamer. We're dismantling this idea that being a gamer is being part of an exclusive club. And I know that that bothers some people. And that some people are like, well, this was my thing. And now you're taking it away from me. And now it's not just my thing. Now everybody gets to have it. And I was like... But why is that a bad thing? I don't understand why all of us sharing in the love of games together can't be a more magical thing than you just being over in a corner having your siloed exclusive club. But I think when we talk about games, it's important to remember that history and like what came before. But right. definitively, games are better today than they were oh, then. Yeah. 100%. And, and so speaking speaking of that... Um, uh, you know, more derivative question time. What are some of your favorite experiences of right now? I know you talked about Destiny. Um, we do know that, of course, uh, the division, uh, the division two is, is occupying a lot of your time. You're, uh, spending, <laughs> spending <true>. time, uh, <laughs> revisiting the Trump wasteland. Um, <laughs> what, what are some of your, your great experiences that you, that you can call back from, from this generation? Oh gosh, there's, there's so many. I think one of the games that really has stood out to me from this generation is, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn from mm. Guerrilla Games on PlayStation 4. Really just a, a, a masterclass in animation and world building. The things that they did technically with their engine to push motion capture is something that I think a lot of developers could learn from. And, even today, like when I look at any game, I stack them up against the cinematics that I saw in Horizon because mm. they just so amazingly executed them. And of course, you know, God of War from Sony Santa Monica was was a really fantastic game as well. I think that we're seeing really neat things happen in the multiplayer space with games like Sea of Thieves from Rare on Xbox, despite their incredibly rocky launch. And I was pretty disappointed vocally at the launch. I think they've really turned it around and made something super unique and developed a community that I never anticipated getting nearly as large as it did. So certainly hats off to them. And then, of course, what Nintendo has done with the Switch this generation has been wild to see. I mean, I had no doubt that they were capable of such greatness. Clearly, we saw throughout their decades and decades of experience experience that they know how to innovate and the nintendo wii is going to go down as one of the most innovative consoles of all time in in the video games history books but i think what after their stumble with the wii u it was really exciting to see them have such an amazing comeback with the switch and what they did by reinvigorating a super old franchise like the legend of zelda and bringing in somebody like me who was never a zelda fan i was always a diehard mario girl that making a game like breath of the wild and really breathing life not to use a pun uh, into that game. i see what you did there you know like i think that 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 they should be 
commended for that and it's it's yeah. been really exciting and i mean don't even get me started on vr man like that's a whole nother addendum yeah. to what's happening in video games right now i still am a little on the fence as to where vr is going to go in the space of video games i think vr's true potential is in um mediums outside of gaming i think that yeah. you know when you think about medicine or home design right. yeah. or experiences like completely. vr has a lot of potentials in a lot of other right. fields but it's just such an exciting time to be part of this innovative industry it really is yeah yeah i i, I um i uh, teach a college class on uh, video games and i'm always very interested about hearing you know what a 18 year old 19 year old that was you know born in 2000 has to think and it's amazing how conscious they are of how much better things are than they used to be like a lot of them know a lot about gaming in the 80s and the 90s it's surprising like i wouldn't have I mean, expected what? no you should expect it it wasn't that long ago it was I know, but... not here 30 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was not that long ago See, i would like... expect them to have no idea what the commodore 64 was if you're like let's talk about the commodore and the atari yeah. then you can be like okay i get why they don't understand what this is but like right. like super nintendo come on right. yeah they 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 all tell me about how much youtube shows they watch about older game stuff like like they know they know a lot of things obviously not from firsthand experience but it's 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 like amazing and i i do think that you know a lot of you know young gamers like they they're they're very they're they're pretty educated on uh, on like stuff and they kind of realize like hey like things are improving and um you know it's it's just a, a great thing which which is why i'm so thrilled that you know things like uh you know like like things like uh, what's good games are like out there because that's that's kind of stuff i wish i could see when when when, when i was younger sure. you know um and i'm really curious as to how what like some of sort of the the uh successes and the challenges are in sort of like managing your own community because like obviously like you've done a lot of stuff with you know ign and kind of funny and like posting like the ea stuff um how is it like you know having to manage like your own community and your own brand and like making sure that like that is you know is like a, a safe space for our folks as well that's a great question and i think as you guys have discovered because you've been managing you know the spawn on me community for much longer than we have it's it's an ongoing process and for us and you know i have to give incredible props and thank yous to Brittany Brombacher, you know, mm -hmm. who is our community lead. She is the one who is actively in all of our social pages on a constant, consistent basis. And she is amazing at being in touch with everybody. And she and I were always aligned and she, Steimer and I, of course, all, we're a three-way team aligned in the type of community that we wanted for us, it was all about inclusivity. It was about positivity and it was about giving people a space where they could geek out and nerd out about the things that they were passionate about. Sure. What we didn't want was a place for people to bring their criticisms because there are plenty of online yes. spaces <laughs> where you can go and sound off about what is pissing you off and what you're angry about. And for us, we wanted to always focus on the things that were bringing us joy. We know obviously that there are going to be appropriate time and places for us to discuss things that are difficult to talk about or things that are bringing us down or things that we feel like we have to address because we can't just not talk about the elephant in the room. So 
do we talk negatively or critically about things from time to time? Of course we do. But I think what we struggled with in the beginning was trying to communicate to our audience, this is not going to be a place where you're going to get even negative and positive coverage. You're going to get overwhelmingly positive coverage here because that's what we want to put out into the world and that's what we enjoy talking about. And this is our channel. We started this so we could have a place to bring our voices and our voices want to talk about the things that make us happy. And (laughs) hopefully you're on board for that. And if you're not, that's cool. We're not here to tell you how you should think or how you should feel. I'm all about everybody getting to own their own feelings, but just not in our space. You can own your anger (laughs) at whatever game publisher you're pissed off at today, but not on What's Good Games. Go to some other forum for that. <laughs> and it's an ongoing battle. It really is. And it, right. if, it, if it means that we have to have some tough conversations with fans, which we have, we've had people withdraw their Patreon pledges. We've had people, you know, unsubscribe, delete the podcast. And we're like, listen, if that's how you feel about it, that's how you feel. And that's okay if yeah. we part ways. Because yeah. we would rather protect the sanctity of our positive community than let somebody in for the sake of a download or a click. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and kind of to that point, as we as as you like, because it's all going to be a blur until E3. Right. So as you uh, watch and, and kind of uh, mechanically but energetically make your way to to the to the end of the road, how do you um, manage the way that and because you've been in the business in the industry of media for video games for so long? How do you um, manage the the change in the dynamic of how media coverage um, for for the industry itself is going and and like where like how do you, how much time do you guys spend thinking about how to to change and, and position yourselves so that you can do pr- effective coverage of the things that you want. That's a good question. It's also a tough question because I've been, as you mentioned, working in digital video for a long time. And what I always say is it's a moving target. Um, You know, working against YouTube's algorithm, working against Facebook's algorithm, working against, you know, what the trends are in web traffic and which game is popular today. Is it, are we talking about Fortnite? Are we talking about Apex Legends? Are we still talking about Minecraft? Are we talking about none of these games? You know, it's like, it's, it's tough. You have to be able to be nimble uh, when it comes to making sure you're being diligent and covering the things that matter to your audience, but also balancing that with reminding them that this is a story that maybe you hadn't heard of, but that you should know about and you should be thinking about. And that's a responsibility as uh, somebody who comes from a journalism background but would never call myself a journalist today. I maintain that I'm an on-camera reporter and I'm a host, but I don't call myself a journalist because the type of content that I do is more punditry and and I like to evangelize my personal pet projects and a journalist can't do that. And, And that's why I have kind of abandoned that journalism mantle, but I'm glad that I have that bedrock of training and know where that line, that ethical line stands to go. Yes. It's important to have standards for your content, whether you're a streamer, a YouTuber, you know, a podcaster, whatever type of content you create, your audience needs to have that bond of trust with you that you're going to do the right thing. And it's a tough line to find, but I think 
for us, when we're talking about what kinds of content we want to cover on the show, it's a blend of what are people talking about this week? What is exciting for us? And what do we have knowledge on? Because we right. really need at least two of the three <laughs> right. of those things, if not all three of those, right? Um, because we can't speak out of turn. If we'll, that happens sometimes, we'll get a news story and the three of us will go, I don't know anything about that. And so we'll just exclude it because we're like, listen, this is our show. And the luxury of being the one in charge of the content creation is like, I'm going to pick what we talk about, you know? Right. You know, that that's really interesting because, yeah, I when I listen to your show, I'm always like, they know everything. Because <laughs> everything you guys talk about, it like, I don't know, you know, the kind of research you guys do on the stories, but I'm like, everything is like, I'm always like, I can like, well, also, I, I love the time stamps you guys have too, but... <laughs> I'm always like, I can go right to something and I can learn almost everything about that story, even though it's your perspective on it. Like you guys are just really on top of it. And like now, yeah, if you're only talking about like the things that you're like the most kind of passionate about, it makes sense, you know, because because, yeah, I think it's it's a super informative show, whereas I think a lot of other shows and like this, this isn't a knock on like uh, other 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 shows, but like they're kind of, I think. They're more on here's what I think about this thing that happened, even though they might not define as well the thing that happened. And I think that like uh, you guys do like a great job of like doing both of those. It's like pretty edu educational. It's it's like well, thank you. I appreciate that. And not to say that we don't do research when we need to, because I think it's important for people to have as much knowledge as possible. And it's just, it's so easy in the race for clicks or views yeah. or yeah. engagement to forget that you have to do some work <laughs> to get there, right. yeah. you know? And that is a byproduct of this instantaneous, like almost, you know, ADD lifestyle that we're living in right now with constantly clicking all the time I'll, I'll see press releases go out and then a news story will go up within what 60 yeah. seconds to two to three minutes and i'm like you don't even do any background information on that at all and that's the luxury we have at what's good games is that we're able to really have more in-depth conversations about some of these topics because we don't have those time constraints. Um, I had a fan reach out recently who watches me on Kind of Funny Games Daily and also listens to What's Good Games. and was like, hey, I heard you talk about this issue. Um, I've talked pretty extensively recently about Anthem. Um, and they were like, oh, you spoke very differently about it on What's Good Games than you did on Kind of Funny. And I said, well, that's because wow. I don't have time restrictions on what's right. good games and I can talk at length and really explain my entire line of thinking about a particular sure. opinion. Whereas on a daily news show, we're really reacting to the immediate news. Yeah. And so we first off don't get as much time to formulate our thoughts. Sometimes we're reacting to breaking news and you kind of just right. got to roll with, you know, what's on the top of your mind without having right. the luxury of researching it. But also on what's good, like, Instead of taking 10 minutes to discuss a certain topic, we could take 40 minutes if we want to. Yeah, the, the that is that the, it is really something that I've admired about uh, what kind of funny has done and what you guys are doing at What's Good Games is is you've you've taken uh, video games and you've and you've looked at what other uh, genres are doing around the, the conversations about their specific uh uh, p 
piece of entertainment, i.e. sport, you know, ESPN and, and, and the, the talk shows that, uh, they've been able to produce about the same topics over and over again. It, it really, it really has reinvigorated the conversation around, around video games. I, and I would completely applaud and are jealous of the fact that you guys get to do that. So. <laughs> Uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's but you awesome. guys also have an amazing set of perspectives and opinions, and you guys sure. get great conversations on this show. Don't Thank cut you. yourselves out. You're part of it, too. Well, you know what it is, though? Like, you guys get to do it every day. Like, <laughs> there, there are there are several times. So, I mean, there are several times that that uh, we'll chat about things and we'll have great conversations via chat about, uh, you know, breaking news, things that are important in the day and may not necessarily be important uh as as you know the top three or four stories of that you know of the of that week but there's still important information um to be or important conversations to be had around those things when it happens you know um and and we don't get to do that uh i can't afford to do that <laughs> well, I, I don't do eat. it every day either, to be clear. Right. <laughs> it just yeah, appears man. that way because I'm just constantly retweeting the same links all the time. Hey, there you go. There you go. I'm you hoodwinking know, keep, you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Keep yourself in the zeitgeist. Yeah, uh, awesome. Did we oh, lose so, Khalif? So, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, we so we, we, we lost the captain. I've kicked him out. Um, it's my birthday, damn it. So oh, I'm going to do what I birthday. want. happy birthday. Yeah, it's actually Saturday, but yeah, so you know, I I just do what I want. And I kicked him out. I didn't want to see his face and hear his voice no more. Um, so yeah, I am the captain now, and uh, and because I'm the captain, let's talk about uh, uh, the captain that is bringing down all of our ships, which is DC, which is the Division Two uh, that has launched uh, just recently. Uh, I know that we've all had a chance to play it. Um, Andrea, you have, um, let's see, to say that you've uh, expressed your feelings about the game um, would, would be a little bit of an understatement. What, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the Division 2 and, and how much fun are you actually having? Well, let's be clear. I still sure. have a lot of game to play before my There's final impressions there. are set. We haven't got to the end game yet. I'm about level 16 in wow. the game, and I do need to give a, a shout out and thank you to Ubisoft for providing me a code to play the game Absolutely. and for inviting me to Washington, D.C. Um, with Khalif, we were on the same press tour uh, yeah. where the team from Massive took us around the city and showcased all these fantastic set pieces. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I spoke about the game at length on What's Good Games and on the Kind of Funny Games cast. But let me tell you, I am so impressed with the work that Massive has done. And quite frankly, I'm never like disappointed in the work that literally any Ubisoft studio does in yeah. their games. They yeah. are a publisher that yeah. consistently makes good games. Is yeah. every game a 10 out of 10? No, of no. course not. Right. But they consistently make games that are really fun, well-built games to play. They right. haven't shipped a broken or busted game in a long time. Now, do they have games that have hiccups? Of course. Every game does, particularly right. the games with online components. But I think about the last couple of games that they've published, 
Far Cry New Dawn, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We just got a patch for uh, For Honor, which came out not too long ago. And yeah. I'm still loving and rocking Rainbow Six Siege. The new yes. the new season just came out. That's right. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just like, I think that they are just really hitting their stride right now and finding their identity as a publisher. And I'm just really happy that they're being successful. And I think that the work that Massive has done in particular on the division two um, should really be applauded in saying, Hey, we're going to look at everything that we screwed up in the first game. We're going to listen to fan feedback. We're also going to take our own studios, creative input, and we're going to blend them together to make something that's better than the game that came before. And we're going to make it so that we don't have to patch it for content at launch. Now, Technical issues aside, it's an online game. It's going to have problems. They all they all do. Like it's just part of the era of online gaming that we live in. But they really solved the end game issues from what I've seen so far. Like I mentioned, I haven't personally experienced them, but I've been looking at the subreddit and been watching some streams. Everything's been looking great. I've just been having a blast with it. And the way that they've done level design in the world of Washington, D.C. is just so much more engaging than it was in New York from the Air and Space Museum to the American History Museum to wandering around the White House at your base of operations and seeing the different areas of D.C. and how they feel unique has been really magical. And, of course, just playing with friends makes it even that much more fun. Yeah, Reef, what what, what have your feelings uh, been about... uh DC and uh did you make it to Howard? <laughs> uh no, no. I'm 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 about I think I'm maybe level nine or something, I think. Mm. Um and I know last show, um, see, we had the conversation where I was like, can there be a games as a service game uh that launches without huge problems? Like I, no. I was kinda like, I'm no. not sure. <laughs> no. Like mm. I was I was just like, look, game development is difficult right. and that they they try their best, but they got to get a product out. Right. And it doesn't mean they're shipping a broken game. It doesn't mean that they're intentionally trying to screw over fans like you might read on the Reddit for all these games. It's just that development is freaking hard, you know, as right. as, as, as an Amen. IT person see, and as me. Yeah. It's hard, you know. <laughs> yes. and, 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 like, they can do all the betas they want. They're not going to catch the stuff that, that, you're, that are going to come out when there's millions of people you know, playing the game and the right. servers are at, at, at max, you know, it's, right. it's uh, something, yeah, uh, but yeah, I've been totally enjoying true. it. Man. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I really, really, one thing that has not been, I think talked about a lot. And I feel this with like Anthem as well. One thing that's not talked about a lot with both these games, the, the motion, the motion capture and voice acting yeah. in these games are, I think top notch. Like they're really, really good. Like I feel like so much more immersed in characters that they might even only only maybe have one or two cutscenes with. I feel like like I f- I feel it. You know, yeah. um, I feel like that's really where these uh, games have really I think improved on say Destiny and such. Is that they're really trying to tell you know a uh, a, a traditional cinematic story, and I think that it works. You know. Um, and uh yeah as as far as the gameplay one thing i love is usually in these games i fast travel a lot right. but in division 2 there's like so many 
things that you can come across by just going to your objective. You know, there's there's like so many different like components. Um, you know, there's bags and you know there's all the flashy yellow things as I call them. You know, right. just bags <laughs> and suitcases and all that kind right. of stuff. The loot. Um, and then there's just like. I love when the, when there's just and this might be really weird, but I love when there's just packs of people just walking around, j- just patrolling, you know, right. j- 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 just like citizens, like yo, like you freed that control point, so I'm just gonna patrol around. I'm like, that's so cool. Like I feel like I'm liberating, like this, I, I, like I'm actually liberating this city, right? You know, um, so so yeah, it's been really cool. Like I. You know, I, I um like I did really like the division one. Um mm-hmm. um and I know that a, a lot of people fell off fell off of that game pretty early, um, because they definitely did not have like an like an end game there. Um but uh yeah, they I think this is the closest I've seen one of these games come to launching like, you know, in a great, great place. Like even on the subreddit, it's not like <laughs> you know like a like a toilet like like, right. like, a, like it's it's not great right you know i mean there's right. still like you know like your complaint your your complaints but you know there's right. always going to be that yeah. percentage of complaints right. there will always be somebody who finds something to bitch about and let's be Absolutely. honest like this isn't a perfect game it has no, some issues of course no, yeah. but and right. we of course are playing in a pre-launch environment as of recording this right. the game hasn't yeah. officially gone live worldwide we're right. mere minutes away I think at this point from it pushing live across the world, which is super exciting. But I think this weekend is really going to tell the tale of how they fare from a connectivity and network support perspective. But when it comes to content and what's in the game, I think that Massive has absolutely improved on what they offered in the division. They've yeah. given players a lot more quality of life improvements as well, like little things that you don't necessarily notice right away, but that are just seamlessly integrated into the gameplay experience. And what I'm really looking forward to discovering more is something that I haven't quite felt really grabbed into yet is the story because environmental storytelling in a multiplayer online connected game is a really challenging thing to do. It's something that I talked to the team at Bioware about, something I talked to the team at Massive about, I've talked to the team at Bungie about, and I Mm -hmm. talked to the team most recently um, at Sony Bend about with the upcoming uh, game Days Gone, which is not actually an online game at all, but it's still an open world game. And telling story through open world can be a really challenging thing to do. So I think that they're really picking up where they left off when it comes to echoes and the cell phones and world building. But I'm still yearning for a little bit more story wise. And I think that they're supplementing that um, through comic books, through the novel, through the lore book. And while those things are really exciting, part of me wishes a lot more of that world building was actually built into the game. Into the game. Yeah. I can, I can definitely understand that and I can appreciate that. And, and, you know, like Andrea, uh, we, we all, uh, received copies from Ubisoft. So, uh, we're really, really appreciative of the fact that we've got to get them. Um, the thing that I, that is most exciting about this is, and, and I, we kind of talked about it last week, Reef, was, is the fact that Ubisoft Soft, if if there is one company that I trust to make a great sequel to a game that had, um, you know, had problems but potential, 
uh, it is Ubisoft. And, and they have historically, um, have this track record of seeing the game, you know, objectively looking at the game that they, the original game in, in an IP, uh, and then, and picking apart the things that were, were problematic, um, things that they can do better and innovating on those things and succeeding at, at, those points. And, uh, they have really done that with the division. I think, uh, you know, you, we talk about the story and Andrea, you're, you know, at level 16, you're way ahead of me. Um, but, but I, you know, they, they've already come out and said that this, the story, the uh, main campaign will take you, uh, you know, 35 to 40 hours. Um, which is, I mean, that was the standard for a decent sized single player experience. It still is. Uh, not just yeah, was. Right. It still is. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, look at look at Devil May Cry. Yeah. That right, DMC right. 5 is a 12-hour game, maybe 10 right. to 15 depending on right. how you play it, you know? Right. Right. Um and and uh I mean, you know, the fact is that that you're 40 hours in and you're not expected to reach the end game until literally the end of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, um, you know, and, and, and part of that end game content is the dark zone. So like, you've got to build your way. You've got to earn the right to make it to the dark zone. And it really feels like, um, if I can, you know, if I can take outside influences, from from the real world and supplant them into the game it feels like the division 2 is 7 months after the events of the division that the world itself has recovered in 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 some form or fashion from the events of the dollar flu over the course of uh the holiday season from from the first game um where new york you know i loved i loved their new york yeah, I knew it was a, it was a, you know, a definitely a, a cramped, uh, more condensed, abridged version of New York. But I used to work, uh, you know, quick story. I used to work at Movie Phone, um, you know, 777 film and, uh, in, in, in Manhattan, which was literally right next door to Grand Central. And, you know, it was, it was a nothing building. It was 30, 40 stories. It was like 35 stories or something like that in, in Manhattan, which is, you know, a mid-sized building there, but that building was there. So when I was in the game, I was able to see where I used to work and it was exactly where it was supposed to be. And that part was wonderful, but there wasn't, it really didn't feel like it lived, it was lived in. It felt like everyone, most of the people had died and, or had left the Island and there were still some scragglers around this DC feels like, Oh, people came here because they felt like this was a place where they could feel safe and move forward and re- start rebuilding their lives. And you're starting to see that within the, the, the confines of the game, even on, at an early stage. And that part, uh, to me really like it, it says to me that the developers really cared about, uh, building on their foundation, uh, for, for this series. Um, and I think it's, pretty remarkable um yeah Yeah, i i I completely agree like i'm like i'm like they did the same thing with watchdogs like watchdogs one you know did not was not a fan of watchdogs two was great um i'm really looking forward to honestly like for honor like the sequel to that game sure because i feel like that was a game that had a super rocky launch in 
and they just kept supporting it. Like they just yeah. like their community managed stubbornly so right. for like division, <laughs> even for a game like Steep, which most people probably forgot yeah. about. I still see them doing live streams about it and like <laughs> releasing updates and and uh, you know like their community management. You know, um, I I feel like that's really what it takes for these. As, especially these games these uh you know th- these uh, live games to really like succeed like that was something that definitely you know um bungie was you know definitely faced some heavy criticism in those early years of a, of a destiny one for just right. not saying enough um and of of course i guess the kind of worst offender is it's not like a live game but like with like no man's sky you know when like hello games just bounced for like i don't know probably like a year and they did come up with some really dope they had to right right yeah Yeah. exactly it was was so toxic that like they were they were just like we have to we got to build stuff you know right um yeah I, i think it really takes that strong community management because as you said andrea like these games are so complex it's almost inevitable that there's going to be something um and there's going to be that vocal minority that just screams 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 and says these developers are stupid and how can they do this and all that kind of (laughs) just ridiculous nonsense you know um and you know it takes really i'll tell you being a community manager does not sound like a you got to have a strong uh strong backbone to log into these like reddit posts and like like i saw the uh community manager for um anthem he posted this jesse really yeah he's a lovely person he's really great (laughs) yeah yeah he posted this really long like like comment on like someone's post it was like a pretty well thought out post just like talking about their issues with you know with the different aspects of, of of the game and i could just it just seemed like he was just like 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 what more can i do you know it's, it it sounds like a very thankless job because if everything is going right i mean you know, but like, you guys run a community you know how tough it is when somebody attacks the thing that you've spent so much time building and yes. so much care yes. putting together and then yes. someone just rolls in with their hot take all angry and mad <laughs> and is like i think that you're dumb because how dare you not think about this one little thing you've totally fucked this up for me and they just like get right. on their rants and then you come in and you're like yo i want to have a conversation about this but like remember that i'm a person you're a yes. person don't forget that like you're talking to a real person <laughs> and like let's have a conversation about it and i really have a lot of respect for community managers as somebody who actually helps manage our community it's like it's tough it's tough knowing what to say it's tough knowing how much you should give away and how much you should keep you know in your pocket right. and like how much right. do they care to know about it and how much do they just feel like bitching on the internet and you can't really do much right. about it it's yeah. it's really frustrating and like I get a lot of flack um, in certain online circles for being a quote shill for certain companies. <laughs> but what it comes down to is not me shilling for a company because let me tell you, I'm not getting paid by these publishers. I would gladly <laughs> take their money if they offered it to me. Don't be, right. <laughs> don't be twisted. But like, I'm not getting it. Um, what it comes down to is like, I want people to succeed. I want games to succeed. I want people to feel good about the work that they've done. And I want people to be appreciated for the work that they've done. And so Mm. often in this culture of video games, there are people in our community that just throw the work back 
in the developer's faces in such a disgusting way that it hurts me. And it hurt, yeah. I, I hurt for them knowing that these people have put hundreds of thousands of hours into some of these right. projects. And all it takes is a couple hurtful comments in a Reddit thread to kind of smear that work. And that, that sucks, you know? It's like, right. take time right. to think like, imagine if somebody came to your workplace and told you how bad you were at your job because they had no idea what it takes to do your job. But they right. know everything about your job or so they <laughs> think they do. And so they're going to tell you what you fucked up and like how hurtful that would be to you to be like, but you don't know about this thing that happened at this point of the project or this person who right. quit midway through. We had to pick up the pieces and all of these things behind the scenes that led to the product that being the way that it was. And I'm just obviously like, you know, kind of riffing a little bit here. But the point that yeah. I'm trying to make is I know the people and the faces behind a lot of these yeah. games. And yeah. that's who I think about when I yeah. talk about these games and so many right. of the consumers out there don't ever take the moment to think about who is making these games, that there's a real person on the other end. Right. Right. And, you know, and th that's the other thing is, is like, like we said, the developers and we, you know, we talked about it explicitly last week that the developers uh, aren't out to make bad games. They're no. just not, they're not, of they're, course passionate. Not. they're passionate. They want their game about, to be the best the game work. ever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, and that's the, the great thing is the, the, the reason the world still spins is because we have Andrea Renee and the rest of the, uh, what's good games crew keeping positivity <laughs> in the gaming space. It's solely on uh, us. It, <laughs> exactly. It is, it is all on you guys. Uh, don't feel the pressure. No pressure course, at all. Andrea, <laughs> it's been phenomenal having you on the show Absolutely. um you were so great that ka had to dip out because he <laughs> could not live up to yeah. your standard it was too awesome it. for him yeah <laughs> exactly i gotta go um so please you you did this at the top of the show uh close us out okay with uh where everyone can find you see you uh, say hello, support all your stuff. Sure. So if you want to follow me, the best place to find out what I'm up to is on Twitter at Andrea Renee. Uh, just like it sounds, just one E on the Renee, though. And then, of course, What's Good Games you can find on wherever you listen to Spot on Me, whatever podcast platform is of your choosing. Um, I will bet my bottom dollar that What's Good Games is also on that platform. And by for some reason, it's not. Email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com and we will make sure that we will put it there. Um, but you can watch our videos at youtube.com slash what's good games. And you can, of course, if you want to join in our community, if the idea of inclusivity and positivity in gaming is something that ex is exciting to you, we have a fantastic Discord and a wonderful Facebook fan page. Um, you can find those at facebook.com slash what's good games, or you can find us at discord.gg slash what's good games. And hopefully you guys will come by and, and, and check it out and, and see that we're just all about loving the things that we love. Like my friend Jeff Kanata says, and just being fans of this yeah. wonderful medium that we all share a passion for. Amen. Amen. You know, I, it's hard to follow that with our own social media business, but I will, <laughs> try. I, I, will, I, I will attempt to do so. Uh, it is spawn on me on all social media platforms uh you can check us out there as andrea said every tuesday you can find us 
on uh, whatever that podcast platform of your choice is. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that stuff. Also on Tuesdays at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific, we are on xray.fm 91.1 and 107.1 I think on it's your 1 FM. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Yeah. Pacific. 1 Pacific. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we sprung back. I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Daylight savings, y'all. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it is 91.1 and 107.1 on your FM dial in Portland, Oregon. Uh, make sure you check us out there. Uh, you can also contact us at spawnarmypodcast at gmail.com. And we are supported by Patreon. So if you want to support us for as little as, little as a dollar a month, you can go to patreon.com slash spawn on me where you could get uh, the wonderful spawn on me after dark and maybe hear somebody on this show that is on the show right now. Um, <laughs> hey, so, what's good games is a proud Patreon supporter of spawn on me. Oh, nice. look at that. Thank you very much. We of really, course really you guys do that. fantastic work and you don't you. tout, you, you don't tout your own work enough. You don't toot your own horn enough, whatever the euphemism right. is you want to use. Right. <laughs> you guys are amazing. And I tell Khalid uh, this all the time that you guys, I hope that you, get bigger and better and do great things because I think the content you're doing is super important and awesome and oh, y'all huh. are the best. Oh, thank, thank you so much, you. Andrew. Thank, thank you. That, well, that means a lot. It yes, like, it, it, really it, does. It, it really does. It really does. It really does. Um, so, uh, well, for the absent, uh, the disappearing Khalif Adams. <laughs> he was like, uh, I'm done with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, for uh, the intelligent one, uh, Mr. Sharif Jackson yep. for the incomparable oh, Ms. Andrea Renee. <laughs> I am Cicero Holmes. We are the Spawn of Me podcast. And we say peace. Peace, y'all.